If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Shabbos to all of you. It's great to be with you again to talk about the Shabbos, to talk about the Parsha, to talk about things that are of interest to all of us, things that guide our lives, things that things that are important, things that really touch that which makes our lives meaningful. The Parsha, the Torah, that which touches our soul, that which guides our bodies, that which comes to our minds, that's what uplifts our hearts. I'm sure everybody is staying safe, taking good care of themselves, watching out to ensure that we remain healthy. Challenging times, difficult times, times that are, well, quite, quite overwhelming. Who would believe, yet again, lockdown, a difficult lockdown, a time of, well, perhaps a time of introspection, thinking about all sorts of things, thinking about, well, not why it happens, but that it's here and what I can do in order to better my life while it's here and how to better the lives of others. Of course, the first and most important thing is to stay safe and to ensure that when I have to go out, I am concerned about and think about the safety of others as well. This is a time of being extremely careful, of being extremely considerate. This is a time of true caring, a time of understanding the tremendous sense of responsibility that we have for ourselves, for all those around us. This is a time that we have to share, to share life. The Parsha is Va'era. And Va'era, in a sense, is a continuation to the Parsha of last week, the Parsha of Shemot. At the end of Parsha of Shemot, Moshe is disturbed. He watches what's happening to the Jewish people. And while he's on this incredible mission that God has sent him, to tell the Jewish people that their liberation, the moment of freedom is about to happen, instead of seeing that they are further enslaved with far greater intensity, instead of Pharaoh simply agreeing to let the Jewish people go, he doubles and triples, he increases their burden of labor and slavery. And he turns to Hashem with a painful question of why have you mistreated this people? Why have you brought such difficulty upon this people? And toward the end of the Parsha last week, Hashem turns to Moshe and says, wait, see, I will yet show you. I will redeem this people. I will take them out of the difficulties that they are experiencing. I will crush Pharaoh. I will crush the slavery that has broken, almost broken the back of the Jewish people, I will take them out. And the Parsha this week begins by Hashem continuing in that vein. He says, I have appeared to the patriarchs, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I had not given them my essential name. And yet they never complained, even though they were tested, they believed in me. They trusted me. They knew that what I had pledged and undertaken, I would fulfill. And yet you, you, Moshe, question me. And one 
is disturbed by the fact that Moshe, the ultimate leader of the Jewish people, the one who believes in God with absolute faith, with absolute devotion, why is it that he questions the acts of God? Why does he question the fact that God has placed this difficulty upon the Jewish people? Does he, God forbid, think that God will not fulfill his promise? Does he for a moment consider the fact that perhaps he was sent on a, well, he was sent on a false mission that the Jewish people would remain in slavery forevermore? Of course not. Moshe is a man of absolute and total faith. What is this exchange all about? And when we consider it a bit more, we stop and we think about what in fact Moshe is doing. He was absolutely justified in saying what he did, in questioning the actions of God. After all, Moshe is the leader of the Jewish people. This is the responsibility that God placed upon his shoulders. You are going to be the leader of the Jewish people. You will take them out of Egypt. You are going to be the great liberator. And as such, as a leader, as you've heard me say so many times in the past, first and foremost, The duty, the responsibility, the job of a leader is to take care of the people that he leads. This is his first and foremost duty. And therefore, when he sees that the people that he is responsible to and for are suffering, and suffering far more than they suffered in the past, of course he must turn around to God and say, Why have you brought such difficulty upon this people? This is his absolute consideration. This is what he must do. And therefore, why does Hashem rebuke him? God should in fact say, you are doing your job. You are fulfilling your duty as a leader. You are in fact fulfilling your job as you have been instructed by me. And you take a look at the commentaries, and the commentaries seem to suggest that God is speaking to him harshly. That God is not simply saying you are doing a great job as a leader, but God is questioning why, in fact, he asked that difficult question as if to suggest that there might be some doubt in the mind of Moshe if, in fact, God will fulfill his pledge, his promise of taking the Jewish people out of Egypt, stopping the slavery, bringing about a miraculous and wonderful end to this incredible story. What is actually happening? What is this exchange between Moshe? And why, in fact, when God continues this rebuke, what does he mean when he says that I have appeared to the patriarchs, I have shown myself, I have revealed myself, Va'era, as indeed is the name of the Pasha. I have revealed myself to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yet my name, Hashem, the four-letter name of God, I did not make known to them. I only revealed myself as Kel Shakai. In a limited sort of way, did I make myself known to them. What is that all about? What is God saying in that statement that seems to suggest that this is part of the great explanation that Hashem has given Moshe in terms of what in actual fact is happening over here? And this is not a simple conversation. 
This is not an ordinary human being questioning the actions of God. This is not an ordinary person who sees difficulty, who sees what he thinks to be an injustice, divine injustice, and therefore turns to God in frustration, in anger. This is Moshe, the ultimate believer, the man who speaks to God daily, the man who's charged with God, by God to fulfill the ultimate duties of leadership. It is he who questions. Why does he question? And how does he question? And what in fact, does God answer? And again, as I just said, what is this answer all about? I appear to the patriarchs. Why doesn't God answer directly? This is what I'm doing, and this is how I'm behaving, and this is what I'm going to do for the Jewish people. Why is it necessary for him to talk about the way he revealed himself to the patriarchs, which is altogether different, he seems to say, the manner that he's going to reveal himself to the Jewish people and to Moshe. And this is the Parsha of the Ba'era, the Parsha of great revelation. Because in actual fact, when you think about it for a moment, when he says, I appeared to the patriarchs, it seems to suggest just the opposite. I didn't fully appear to the patriarchs. I appeared to the patriarchs in a limited sort of way, God says, because I did not make known to them my essential name, only a dimension of one of my names. And therefore, this is not a full revelation. Why, in fact, is the Parsha called the era, the Parsha of revelation, the Parsha of how God reveals himself, exposes himself to the patriarchs. All these questions have to be understood in order for us to truly see what, in fact, is taking place in order for us to understand what this great and powerful exchange between Moshe and God is all about. More of that soon. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 Hi FM. We're talking about the great exchange between God and Moshe, where Moshe challenges God with the question, why have you brought such difficulty upon this people? And God rebukes Moshe and says, you are different than the patriarchs. To them, I revealed myself, but I didn't actually make my essential name known to them. And they never questioned me, and yet you questioned me. But before that, let's listen to this announcement from the marketplace. Pick and pay Norwood Hyper have these pocket-saving sweet deals just for you. Pick and pay kosher ginger cakes are selling hot at twenty ninety-nine each. Pick and pay kosher melting moments biscuits are mouth-watering $69.99 per kilo. Pick and pay kosher long French bread is scrumptious at only ten ninety-nine each. Pick and pay kosher Swiss roll are just eighteen ninety nine each. On Sundays only, you can get two pick and pay French butter croissants on just twenty five rand. Valid until the twenty first of February, twenty twenty one. Take home these and many more specials in store. These specials are exclusive to Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper and only while stocks last. Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood, the best place to shop. 
when you want to buy a lot. We're talking about the great exchange. We're talking about something which is incredibly important because we're touching upon an essential understanding of the way God functions in terms of how he relates to his people. Everyone has the question from time to time. Why is it that people suffer? Why is it that sometimes we see difficulty coming upon the Jewish people and we don't understand the reason? We don't understand God's intention. We are confused. And what's taking place in this exchange between Moshe and God gives us insight into what's happening and enables us to understand in other situations how we can apply this knowledge as well. Now listen carefully to the words that God uses when he speaks to Moshe, the opening sentences of this week's parsha. It says that God spoke to Moshe and he said to him, And then he says, And I appeared. Abraham, El Yitzchak, El Yaakov, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, Bekel Shatai, as God Almighty, the limited dimension. Ushmi Hashem, whereas my name, the four-letter name of God, the essential dimension of God, Lo Nodati Lahem, I never made known to them. And some of the commentaries point out, which is obvious, he says, I appeared. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But my essential name, I never made known to them. It doesn't say, I never showed them. It says, I never made known to them. He starts by saying, I appeared in a particular way, but my essence, I didn't make known to them. It would have been far more correct to say, I appeared to them in one way, but my essence, I didn't show them. Or he should have said, I made known to them a particular aspect of my being, but my essential being, I didn't make known to them. Why does he begin by using the word I have appeared and then I didn't make known to them? This introduces a very interesting concept, the difference between seeing something and knowing something. Our sages in the Talmud tell us that Chocham Adiv Menavi, that a wise person, a Chocham, a person endowed with wisdom, is greater than a Navi, greater than a prophet. Now, one would think a prophet, after all, a prophet sees the future. A prophet has divine sight. A prophet is seeing something that is far beyond the immediate, the here and now, transcending time and space. And yet, our sages, the Talmud tells us, that a wise man, a Chacham, is greater, stronger, if more powerful than the prophet. And the reason, of course, is because a prophet is shown something. What he is shown is what he sees, but that's all he sees. Whereas a person of wisdom is able to use the vehicle of wisdom, the power of intelligence, to travel far beyond that which he knows and understands currently and enter into elements of understanding and knowledge which are incredibly vast. 
the prophet, even though he's shown something divine, but that's all he has shown. It is limited. Whereas the person of wisdom is able to take the power of intelligence and to travel far beyond any type of limitation because intelligence and wisdom is truly infinite in the full sense of the word. And this is why our sages tell us that the Chacham, the wise man, is greater than the person who is the prophet and is shown something. And this is something which is so important for for us to understand. The power of knowledge. The power of using intelligence. The power of exercising our minds. The power of taking that which we possess and using it correctly. Yes, we can be shown something. We can see something. And even though we might think that what we see, we know, we might not understand it all. You take something and we see it. We might be impressed with what we see. You take a piece of furniture. You might be impressed with what you see. But do you truly understand the craftsmanship within it? Do you truly understand the amount of effort and work the type of wood, the type of expertise that it took to put together in the beautiful way that it appears. You might, but only if you understand the art of joinery. If you understand what type of wood this is. If you understand the art of craftsmanship. If you don't, you might be impressed with the finished product, but you don't understand that which you see. You look at a piece of art. You might enjoy it. You might be impressed. But do you truly understand that which you see? You might see a message from the artist. You might see an incredible picture. But do you truly understand that which you took in order to produce this incredible picture? Do you truly understand the majesty, the elegance, the effort, the genius that took to put this thing together? And when you do, you look at that picture and it's an altogether different type of picture. Seeing and knowing are two entirely different type of experiences. Yes, we see. And the image that we see tells us so much. But when we understand, suddenly that which we see becomes so much greater and so much more powerful and so much more intense. When we understand, there is depth and power, unlike when when we see. Because when we understand, we have entered into the soul of the object. We have entered into the essence of the object. We know what made it and how it's made. We understand the inner workings of it. We understand the inner dimensions of it. We understand its soul. Not only as it appears, we understand its rhythm. We understand its truth. We understand how it is before it appears the way that it is. We understand what we are looking at.
This is what Hashem is saying to Moshe about the patriarchs. I appeared to them, and what they saw was incredibly great, a divine revelation. But I did not give them the knowledge of my essence. Whereas the B'nai Israel, the Jewish people, who are going through their incredible, painful experience of slavery and exile, they ultimately will indeed have the knowledge of who I am. But in order for them to have the knowledge of who I am, knowledge only comes through intense application of effort. And the only way you can have intense application of effort is with difficulty. Sight is easy. You open your eyes and God bless us that we are able to see. We see. It's easy. It's automatic. Understanding something takes application. Understanding something takes time and effort. And yes, a degree of pain. A degree of difficulty. It's not something which happens automatically. There is the pain of study. We talk about the all, the burden of study. The burden of study is something which comes with the intensity of time and effort and application. It doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come easily. But once we know something, once we have gone through the darkness of knowing something and we truly know something it's with us forever we understand its soul we understand its inner workings we understand what it's all about we have come to a different relationship with that with whatever it is whether it's a piece of art whether it's a piece of music whether it's a piece of Torah knowledge One can tell us something, or you can read something. But when you truly know something and understand something, you have a different relationship with that Torah knowledge. When you know something, there is an inner part of you, an essential part of you, that connects with the essential part of the knowledge that you are relating to. This is what Hashem is saying to Moshe. Up till now there was revelation. And as great as the revelation was, it was limited. You saw, but you didn't fully understand. As he says, I appeared to the patriarchs, but Ushmi Hashem Lo Nodati, that essential name of who I am, I didn't make them known to them. Whereas B'nai Yisrael, these people who are going through the incredible difficulty of slavery, of exile, of hard work, of toil, of back-breaking, of exhaustion, they will know. Because they are going through the discipline, the exercise that brings about the great reward of actually knowing something. And this is true in every single area of life, in every single area of life. As our sages tell us, according to the effort is the reward. This is the way we know. We know through application of effort. The greater the effort, the greater the input, the greater the application, the greater the reward.
The more we give of our inner selves to something, the more we receive of that something to ourselves and for ourselves. This is what Moshe is being told by Hashem. There is going to be a different type of relationship in terms of knowing God. More of that soon. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the difference between seeing and knowing. But knowing is far more intense, far more powerful. It touches the soul of something. And when you know, there is a permanent, a permanent connection between you and that thing. And this is why, if you take a look at the entire story of how Moshe speaks to God, and what he's told. And when he comes to Pharaoh, what does Pharaoh say? I don't know your God. And what does God say? You will show these signs, these miracles, these plagues to Pharaoh in order for him to know me. And when he speaks to the Jewish people, what does God say? So they shall know me for many generations. Because God is actually bringing about a state of knowledge. It's not enough that he should be seen in the world, that there is the concept of God as creator. God wants to be known in the world, to be understood. He created human beings with great intelligence, and he wants these people to use their intelligence to understand. Yes, of course, ultimately, the basis of our relationship with Hashem is faith. And that's the overriding factor in our relationship with God. But at the same time, He truly wants us to know, to understand what we can in terms of our relationship with Him. And this is where Moshe comes in. Moshe, who is the individual who is endowed with Chachma, with great wisdom. The great sages, the particular, in particular the patriarchs, each one of them had a characteristic, a divine characteristic. Abraham, of course, was chesed, kindness. Yitzchak was gevura, justice, discipline. Uh, Yaakov was truth, emes, rachmanas, kindness, compassion. Moshe was chachma. He's the one who brought down the Torah. Moshe challenges God, questions God, not because in any way he doubts the fact that God, God forbid, will not fulfill his promise. But he wants to draw out from God the fact that God will enable the Jewish people to know him, to understand him. And this is exactly what God says. As a result of the fact that Moshe is the great leader, he wants his people, he wants his people to know God. And in order for the people to know God, God must become knowable. And this is what Hashem says, the patriarchs, lo nodati, I did not make myself knowable to them, but to this people, they will know me. And this is precisely what Moshe wanted to accomplish and precisely what he did accomplish. And this is something which is so important for us to understand, the idea of knowing, of understanding. We've spoken about it often in the past. To use the power of our intelligence, to use our minds correctly. Our minds are incredibly powerful instruments. We have the capacity to understand and know things far beyond the levels that we think. 
And we talk about our minds. We're talking about things that are infinitely more powerful than the most powerful computers that will exist and will ever exist. The power of our intelligence is great beyond, well, beyond any type of comparison to any mechanical or technical thing that exists. And yet, for some reason, the vast majority of people just don't exercise, don't draw the potential. They don't use the power of their minds. We don't use the power of the mind. We don't study as much as we should. We don't actually grow intelligently as much as we could, as much as we should. This is what the opening sentences of the parsha is all about. It tells us again and again and again, even the patriarchs, they were shown godliness at the highest level, but they weren't given the knowledge at the deepest level, whereas we have that capacity. Following the enslavement in, 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 in Egypt and following the difficulty, Moshe made sure that the Jewish people would have the ability to know because he knew the Jewish people would have to go through history and there would be times, many times, where they would be challenged by incredible questions and therefore they would have to know godliness. It wouldn't be enough to see godliness. They would have to know godliness and he wanted to make sure that God gave us that ability, we would be empowered, not only with divine sight, but with divine knowledge as well. And this is something that we have to exercise. This is something that we have to use. This is one of the great gifts that we possess. We must study. We must take the time, make the effort, use it correctly to know. And this is why, well, you'll be home tomorrow. Take out a Chumash. Read the Parsha. It's a fascinating Parsha. <laughs> a great encounter between Moshe, Moshe and Aaron, Pharaoh, and his, well, his charlatans, his magicians. And miracle after miracle after miracle, the blood, the frogs, this, that, the other. The incredible upheaval of the most powerful nation, the dismantling of the most powerful nation. What an actual fact is happening. Is God showing off that he can do whatever he wants in the world? God can do whatever he wants in the world. God doesn't have to show off to Pharaoh. God can snap his finger, so to speak, and do whatever he wants. God is demonstrating to Pharaoh, to the entire world, to us, know what it's all about. Know how God wants his world to function and to run. Know godliness. And when you know godliness, you understand your purpose, you understand your mission, you understand what it is that you have to do. The entire parsha is called Va'era. Va'era means to appear, to be seen, to be revealed. Not talking about a simple, vague revelation. We're talking about a revelation that comes after the understanding. There's a revelation that comes before the understanding, which is there, but you don't really know. The revelation that you have after the understanding, that's altogether different. Then you see through and through to the essence. 
So when you're home tomorrow, read the parsha, Take the time. Try to understand what Moshe is asking. Try to understand what Hashem is answering. Try to understand what Moshe is saying to Pharaoh. Try to understand the resistance of Pharaoh. Try to understand plague after plague after plague. Try to understand this incredible drama of how God is trying to make the world understand. Try to understand the audience. The audience here being the Jewish people watching this incredible drama unfolding. How they are thinking. Are they exercising their minds? Are they using their power of knowledge? Many of them are. And they are the ones who will achieve great liberation. If you want to be free, if you want to be liberated, if you truly want to see what it's all about, then you must know. Take a Chumash, read the Parsha, try to understand. Have a good Shabbos. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life.